Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, it's good to see you all. I know none of you care about things American, but I know Will Messon's here, so I do want to congratulate him on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl for the first time in his life. And I know it doesn't matter to you. Um, Actually, it doesn't matter at all, really, does it? I just thought I'd mention it for his sake. Um, I was in Armidale today, and uh, I got a text as we were driving to church tonight from a guy who really solid kind of believer in Jesus, follower of Jesus. Uh, got a pretty um, great guy, very capable, um, challenging life. And uh, he sent me a text, and he said, you know, Darren, I regularly get asked, why did I move to Armidale? He said, I always feel a bit awkward. And then after this morning here about the expensive church, he said, from now on I'll be able to tell people, I moved to Armidale by the will of God to build his church. And I think that's a good story, hey? It's, um, it's good. Jessica Morrissey, it is good to see you on the front row. I'm not used to this recently. And uh, so it's good to see you. And um, we all good? Jeffrey Fulton, you're a fine man. Oh, fine man. When you stand up here and say anything, we know that it's actually legit, not unlike the rest of you. <laughs> Sometimes what Dave Norton says is not legit, but pretty well everyone else, they're legit. It's all good. Um, here's a question for you. If you've got a pad or you've got a pen or you're going to text it to yourself, if you're like me and text yourself notes. I've literally texted myself a note and then gone, oh, text, and opened it and gone, you, you idiot. <laughs> More than once, more than once. Okay, here's the question. What are you doing with God's risky decision, and it is risky, to put free will in your hands? What are you and I, what are we doing with God's risky decision to put free will in our hands? I don't know about you, but I can look at the state of humanity, and with the very limited knowledge that I have, I would not have put free will in the hands of humanity. I mean, to be honest, I want to take it off a whole bunch of people now and control the scenario, even though I'm very imperfect at it myself. Um, uh, what, what, what about you? What are you doing with that? Uh, we've been talking about expansive. Uh, last week, of course, on Vision Sunday, we talked about the expansive church, and before that, we we're talking about the expansive life. And really, since the week before I left in December and then when I came back, that's what I've been talking about, is the expansive life. And I, I want to pick up there again tonight as we finish this and um, move towards 40 days. Uh, because, uh, and, we, and we looked at the, what they call the parable of the talents by uh, Jesus spoke to a gathered group one day. The, and, and, and the master, he tells the story of the master giving talents or coins or money um, to three different guys. Two of them do a great job with it. One of them wastes it, not by using it, not by misappropriating it, not by self-indulging himself with it, but just wasting what the master had given to him by not doing anything with it. I think that's an interesting thought all on its own because, of course, he's talking about God and us. But the other two people that are represented in that parable, um, Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. Let me give you much. And it speaks to the expansive nature of God when he finds someone who he can trust with little that he will multiply what he trusts them with next. And I'm not sure how you think. For me, that's a very exciting idea. 
It's, a, uh, it's an exciting idea in that, that God, wherever we're at right now, we talked about this, um, in stewarding now to the fullest of our ability before God, whatever that is and whatever that looks like, whether I'm in a season of raising godly children and, and it just takes all my energy, not so much in this service, but some of those guys in the 10 a.m. service, you know, uh, sometimes you see them drag three little kids to church and they're here every week. Half the time they're in that back room, which is more comfortable than this room, so it's not that bad. But they're, they're in that back room, but every week they drag their three little kids to church or two little kids to church. And, but you know what? In this season of life, going to work, getting their kids to bed at night, getting them up in the morning is pretty well all they can manage And uh, if you've ever been there. And so they're stewarding the season as they raise, endeavor to raise godly children to their fullest of their ability and where God's got you and where God's got me in studying that season. We talked about that and how that idea has an expensive future. Then we talked about surrender and how surrender is the foundation of any expensive future. Actually, we're being fancy in the language, really. Surrender to him is the foundation of the Christian life. I mean, that's the idea at the core. And so we, we looked at the Bible and we're going to look at the Bible here tonight and these verses from Jesus, Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 42 should come up on the screen. Um, I'm going to read them from my Bible. No, I might read them from the screen. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them. Do you like that? That's my kind of measurement. Very inaccurate. Um, He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them, knelt down and prayed. And here's his prayer. Verse 42. In verse 42, he prayed this prayer. Father, if you are willing, he's talking about going to the cross, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Father, I'd prefer that I didn't have to walk through what I'm about to go through. But regardless of that, I want your will to be done and, and not mine. And, and, and again, we see this moment in Jesus' life of surrender to him. And surrender to him is the foundation of any God-appointed expansive future. Now, the scale of expansive is personalized. What it looks like for you looks different to what it looks like for me. What it looks like for me looks different to what it looks like for the guys here on the front, it just looks different for all of us. The scale is personalized, but the principles for expansive are universal. They work for everybody. They work for you, they work for me, they work for the person next to you. The scale of expansive personalized, the principle of expansive, or the principles for, are universal. And within each of us is this God-given expansive potential. I'm not sure how big or small it is. Again, it's really an irrelevant question. Uh, but but within each of us is this God-given expansive potential. And in front of us is this God-appointed expansive future. And I think if you're like me, I want to fully live that with every ounce of my being, to the core of my being, I want to live that out, this side of heaven. Because as far as I can see, certainly in my experience, the best way to live out this life is to live fully surrendered to him, And I believe he would place expansive promises and future and purpose in our hearts. Every God-appointed expansive future builds on a foundation of surrender to him. Not my will, but yours be done. Surrender is to yield, 
to something or someone to possess, uh, to, to the possession or power of another. It's to stop resisting and submit to another's authority. There's a good one for my children. To stop resisting and submit to another's authority. Surrender to him. And I, and I think surrender to him in this, is, it does change everything. So we talked about surrender has its catalyst moments, catalyst moment in repentance. So surrender has its, um, how do I put it, its defining statement in baptism. And then here's where we want to pick up. Surrender comes to pivotal moments in life. Uh, thought number one, surrender. Point number one, surrender makes moments pivotal. Uh, what's interesting to me about Jesus in this scenario is that he's not at the start of his ministry. He's not young. He's at the end of his life. He's literally somewhere under two days from going to his death. And he's still finding that he has to turn up, surrendering to the will of the Father, and in that surrender to his will is an incredible, expansive future for all humanity. And, and, and so somewhere along the journey, for all of us as we go, we have this scenario where surrender to him keeps showing up as something to be ongoing in our lives. Does that make sense to you all? Mark chapter 10 and verse uh, 17, again, should come up on the screen, I think. And um, Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. I'll turn there in my Bible. Matthew, Mark, there we go. As Jesus started on his way, a man, we're just going to read through the whole thing, so we'll keep moving. A man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Now, there's some humility in that statement, isn't there? As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honour your father and mother. Verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. In one version it says, Jesus looked at him, loved him and said to him. Don't you like that? Jesus looked at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Um, it's an interesting, it's, it's a funny thing for Jesus to say, isn't it? Hey, go give everything away and come follow me. If you think about it, how'd you feel if Jesus dropped that on you tonight? And, and, but what really Jesus was doing was getting to the heart of the matter for this guy he was a guy who came and bowed on his knees. He was, he was devout in his religious adherence. But deep in his heart, there was a place he wouldn't quite go. There was a place, and Jesus puts his finger on it, not because he wants all his money, but because he wants his surrendered heart. And there was a place he wouldn't quite go, and that became a pivotal moment for the rest of his life. Well, unless he came back to it. And, and for ours, too, there's pivotal moments along the way that do become defining in our life. And I think, well, we know that we can make those defining in the best possible way by going, so, you know, where is it that, where is it right now when you think across your life, when it relates to a response to God, where is it? Is there anywhere you would say you're not quite prepared to go? And I could rattle off the obvious ones. You know them, I know them, or some of you know them. Um, but where is it in your life you're like, God, I know the Word of God says that, but I'm not quite prepared to go there. 
I think that becomes a pivotal moment that's unhelpful to us. Because in surrender is liberty, in surrender is freedom. It's in surrender that actually life comes alive in, its, in, a, in a way that God always intended. I'm not sure about his soul or eternity, but right here we, we see built into his life an unseen ceiling. Right there is a limited future. Right there is a defining moment in determining what we'll build from this point on. He didn't stop going to the temple as far as we know. We doubt he didn't. Uh, we doubt he would have stopped. He, he didn't stop practicing his faith. He probably continued to pray, probably continued to study. Um, he would have continued with Jewish ritual. Um, and it was probably devout. But he, there was a place he wasn't quite prepared to go. And that became a limiting factor on his God-appointed future. And at pivotal points, this guy's really what he said is, hey, God, um, or Jesus, hands off. This, all this, all yours. But over here, Jesus just hands off that, just hands off that over there. I wonder in our lives, is there anywhere where we go, God just hands off. You know, Bible has plenty of things to say about, you know, relationships, for example, and, and how they should work and, and how a believer's life should work and what that should look like. And I wonder if, if that's an area where we go hands off. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm actually trying to help us live the life that God always intended. Um, when, it, when, it, when it comes to our finances, I wonder if that's a space where, you know, definitely some people have gone, God, you can have all that, but hey, when it comes to my money, just hands off, it's, I'll, I'll take care of that. And, and I think it's what we see in Scripture that it becomes a limiting factor in their future. And, and what if we were the kind of people who would, who would defy all of that and go, God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I haven't got it all together. I know I'm making mistakes, but as it relates to my life, I do want to have an intent that I'm going to live fully surrendered to you, whatever that looks like, God, because I want in every possible way, I want your hand to be upon everything that relates to my life, as it relates to my marriage, as it relates to my finance, as it relates to my career, as it relates to my children, as it relates to his church. God, we just want you to have your way. We want to be hands off in a way that says, here it is, it's all surrendered to you that you might do something powerful with it. What a, what a worthy roll of the dice that would be of your and my life to be the crazy kind of people who would say, God, I'm just all in with you. Here we come. God, I, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to cut from the mainstream that says I'm just going to hold on to some of these things and I'm going to give you those things. I'm going to ask myself the hard questions of surrender that you might turn up powerfully in my life, that I might at least be positioned for an expansive future. Who knows what you might do with it, how you might turn up in it. I think it's worth rolling the dice on that with God and seeing what God might do with us. I think it is. I think it's what he would call us to. I think he would stir your spirit with it tonight. So, so number one is surrender makes moments pivotal. What's pivotal for you right now? Where's there's a tension between you and God right now? Where is that? Are you ready to go, God, I'm just going to surrender it up. Am I ready? Because in that moment is something pivotal that is really as a transformer, is a game changer in our, in our lives. It really is. And, and here's the thing, whatever happens, you know, whether... So the rich guy didn't go away and turn broke overnight. He probably went away from that moment. The Bible says he went away sad, right? But his life probably didn't change a whole lot. Same rhythm. It was comfortable. He had wealth. He had this thought in the back of his mind about Jesus that probably didn't go away. But really, not a lot changed. So, so sometimes, depending on the decision we make in a pivotal moment, there's often a lag time between the, 
that and the outcome, isn't there? There's just a lag time. And, and there's a lag time of favour and there's a lag time of um, frustration. One of the most things that makes my heart sad, honestly, is when I watch Christians continually, maybe over years, and we all make stuff ups. me too. Just this week I made some. I'm not sure if I've made any today. I spent a fair bit of time in the car today, so I had a little less time to get it all wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about that. That's grace. That's life. That's, we all need a saviour. Um, but, but the pivotal moments, the, 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 there might be a lag time, but favour's coming or fallout's coming. Or one of the things that breaks my heart is to watch Christians live frustrated and start to blame God when really what happened was just back here, they determined that something in their life is unsurrendered and they wonder why there's a ceiling and they wonder why it won't work. And we could point back and go, hey, remember that? Not my will, but yours be done. That will flick that in a moment. The favour might not turn up straight away, but it is coming. There's just a lag time between it. And God wants to turn up with a lag time that has favour all over it. He really does. I believe that. He just wants to have favour all over it. I believe he would do that in your life. He does that in our life. And, and it's despite us. It's despite our flawed, frail humanity. But as our hearts go hard after him. Number two. Surrender creates platforms. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because, well, something I've spoken about more than one time. Surrender creates platforms, platforms that God builds on. When we come to those pivotal moments along the journey, they create platforms that God builds on or plateaus we settle in. And, and uh, Bron, when, we're, when we're in the United States, um, we got into the snow country and we came up onto this beautiful light, just as far as the eye could see, this high, high point where snow covered everything. And it was like, you know, a farmhouse over here and a cabin over there. And Brom was asleep and the kids didn't care. They were on technology. And I'm just like, how good is this? I could just stay. God, I could live here if you, like, called me to come here. I could live on this mountain in the, on the plains. That would be awesome. But imagine we'd stopped there and, and settled down in the plateau rather than going on the rest of the trip and, um, and and that's a bit like life sometimes when we're going along early on we make the call I surrender you know make that um, catalyst moment decision of repentance we go along we make that baptism statement of I surrender and we make good decisions we set up great foundations but as we go along further and further we find this place that's pretty comfortable and settle down in the plateau and I reckon God doesn't want any of us to sell. enjoy the plateau, enjoy the favour, enjoy the blessing of life. The Bible says, you know, he who has wealth, let him be generous, let him honour God, but also let him enjoy it. Uh, we're not saying don't enjoy the plateau, but let's not get stuck there. Let's not say this will do me. I'm pretty comfortable here. That has a limited future. That puts a ceiling on it that God never intended. Let's not be those kinds of people. Let's be the kinds of people who would say, hey, let's just continue in every season to build the next platform. And if God doesn't turn up, that's his business. But what if he does? What if God does turn up building on that platform that we establish in our life? And so let's be those kinds of people. I've written it like this. Let's be those people who refuse to settle, those rare souls who to the core of their being want to do the will of God above all things. They want to fulfill every ounce of their God-given potential, pursue every moment ordained in their God-appointed future, position their lives for what is possible with God. Don't you want to be that kind of person? I know that if you're here, you probably do. Those who re refuse to settle in the plateau, 
those rare souls who to the core of their being want to do the will of God above all things. They want to fulfill every single ounce of their God-given potential and fulfill every moment ordained in their God-appointed future set up for what is possible only with God. Do you want to live there? I want to live there as it relates to life on earth. So again, we look at the young man and in, in, in another place in Matthew, the Bible says, um, servant can't serve two masters. One will be subject to the other and, and that's really what's going on for him. He's confronted with what will be master in his life. That is what Jesus has drilled down to. What a wonderful thing when we determine I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender. Number three, surrender is seen in the big and confirmed in the small. <clears throat> Excuse me. Surrender is seen in the big and confirmed in the small. Can you think about the times in your life where God has brought you to pivotal moments that have been ultimately been big? I, I remember just one, just um, one um, years ago, they, <clears throat> a few years ago, I was in my late 30s and uh, you know, my next two brothers are very well off and um, a few of my very best mates are as well off as them. And I was watching their lives just financially, just now be able to do things that I couldn't do. And, um, and I had to reconcile that the gap was probably only going to grow. And it has. And I'm like, God, I don't know how comfortable I am with the gap growing. You know, I reckon I could do something to affect the gap. And, um, which was a silly thought, but you know. And then I just had to come to the place where, no, no, God, I surrender to do your will. At that time, we, we didn't own a house. We didn't, we didn't own anything um, at 39, I don't think. I think we'd sold the only house we had to keep going, actually. Um, um, I surrender, and I reconciled that they're going to get wealthy, and you're going to do what you want with my life, and I need to get comfortable with that. But you know, that has been such an incredible decision. It looked like I lost. It looked like I lost for a long time. It still some days looks like, well, you do lose financially, of course. You know, they can, some of them can do what they want. And, um, but, but God's provided. God's blessed us. God didn't promise me in the moment uh, that he was going to do anything, but he has. He's actually done incredible things when I think about what he's done from there to here. And I wouldn't want to change it, but God doesn't give you the benefit always of seeing down the track because surrender's got to come out of where we are with the knowledge we have because it's not about the promise, it's actually about the purpose, it's actually about what he's doing in our life and what he's calling us to. And so just where, where, where is that for you? Because my encouragement to all of us is that we would say in those big things that, that we would say yes to God. And, you know, because what happens sometimes with some people is they, they don't make the decision and then they sacrifice all around it. And, it, and, and the Bible teaches um, that sacrifice won't cut it. Not when it's a substitute for surrender. I mean, sacrifice is awesome. We should all sacrifice for the good of our fellow man and for the cause of Jesus Christ and for our families and all of that kind of thing. But, but it, it's no substitute for surrender. And so just going, God, I surrender this to you. I, I want to give this over to you. I, I'm pleading with you tonight because I know that on the other side of that surrender for you is breakthrough that you can't fully see yet. We just can't see it. But if we'll go there, God's got it. He's got it covered, whatever it looks like. 
You know, I don't know about you. I, I, can, I can remember when I made my decision to serve Jesus and I took myself off to the Christian bookshop and bought myself an Amy Grant album and, and um, they told me Amy was cool. And I didn't think any Christian was cool and I'm still not sure that Amy was cool. But I took it, I got my tape deck and, and then I ran into my mate down the road and he said, what's in your white paper bag, Darren? I went, ah, oh, just something. I didn't want him to know about Amy Grant. But I'd surrendered to Jesus. I just wasn't ready to surrender the truth to him. Surrender, I surrender all. What about you? Just going, I'm just going to make the big decisions. And then there's surrendering the, uh, surrendering the small stuff. It's seen in the big and it's confirmed in the small. And who knows, we do the small with varying degrees of success and need varying degrees of grace on any given day. But the small stuff, how do we go when someone who serves us in any area gets it wrong? Like the surrendered life responds with grace. It it doesn't demand it's right, does it? I I think it's where life really happens for the follower of Jesus, is in the small stuff. You know, just to go, I'm going to get the small stuff right in my life. When when it comes to work, um, just being the kind, you know, you've heard me say, I think we should be the best employees, the best staff. Um, on the planet, like Christian workers should be the best people, the easiest people to work with. When I hear that a Christian is hard to work with, it just makes my heart sad. Like we should be the easiest people to work with. I don't know if you know Shane Willard who speaks for us um, each year, but he says um, he wants to be the easiest guest any church ever has and he pretty well is. He's just, I reckon we should be those kinds of people because surrender is confirmed in the small stuff. What do we do with relationship tensions when we're under relationship tensions? How do we go with that? How do we go about that? I think in the small stuff shows how surrendered we are and how self-serving we are. What's that look like in our business dealings? Those of us who have any form of business dealings, how does that, how does that look for you? Is it, is, it, is it still my unsurrendered will having its way? Or is it me going, hey, God, I want you to have your way in my my life, which is because the surrendered in the small stuff, God will bless that openly. I think it's like this, um, you know, um, or, which is my nearly final thought in the four minutes that we have. Number four, surrender lives submitted to each other. I think this is big. Surrendered to God lives submitted to each other. You know, the Bible talks about how can you love your Love God who you can't see when you don't love your brother who you can see. And basically the Bible's saying you can't, right? And, and I think it's true the same idea of surrender to God is not possible without submitted to each other in our lives. I wonder if, if that's an under-surrendered area. Do I need to get my way? Do I need to get my shot in the spotlight? What is it I need? Or, or is it, no, I'm really, I just want to live surrendered. God, it's hard. I meant to say, gosh. Sounds wrong when you say, God, it's hard. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. He humbled himself and became obedient obedient in his case to death even death on a cross and therefore it goes on to say God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Ephesians 5.21 says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I just want to pause here for a moment. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I don't know if you know of the context of this, but if I can have all the men in the room just lean in. Do you know what this verse, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, do you know what it precedes? Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, lay down your wives, our lives for your wife. And I think it's interesting to me, whatever you believe on the verses that follow, and we're not going to have a theological study today, is that before anyone should ask anyone to submit to them, the Bible asks us to be submitted to one another. I think in the moment that we choose to live unsurrendered, unsubmitted, we forfeit the right to ask anyone to live submitted to us. So let's get it right. Let's be the kind of people who live surrendered to Jesus. That finds expression in submitted to each other. And who knows, that's hard. Anyone else find it a little bit difficult? I find it a little bit difficult. But we want to have that spirit, don't we? Because I think in that spirit of surrender, God can bless and God can build an expansive future in His church through our lives, um, submitted to each other. Uh, I just want to close with this last one and I'll leave my next point. I might have just got the beginning of my final sermon on this series by not being able to get to it. 1 Peter chapter 5. Remember, submitted is a human example, I think, of submitted to each other is a human example of surrendered to God. Here we go. Here's the last one. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. That's out of habit I quoted that verse slightly wrong. I meant to get the um, verse just before it. Now I can quote it, but let's not misquote it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Listen to this. In the same way, you who are younger. So let's assume you who are younger that I'm the measure. It's becoming increasingly more and more people in the room. All of you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, that's all of us now, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud. But listen to this, I love this. But shows favour. He shows favour to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I tell you, submitted to one another has a power in terms of surrender to God and an expansive future. It's not fashionable, it's not popular, but it is powerful, it's biblical, it's Jesus-like, it's got a future. And so let's be the kind of people who really, you know, in all of our flawed humanity, live empowered by His Spirit, submitted and surrendered um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.